Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Whoa, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through, so you sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. So it was like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, you was watching the Punisher. Yes, you, did. you started it without yes, me. Yes, I did. Wow. We were supposed. No, 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 no. So this is how it works, no, Spider. No, this is how it works. No. She told me since we're broken up. She said this is what she did. So when we were together, we used to watch all these shows. together. Yeah. We used to watch like twenty shows together. Yeah. So we were friends before then. We're still friends. So sometimes we'll still get together and watch a show, or she'll mm-hmm. call me and say, "Hey, watch this episode. Or did you watch this?" So what she told me, and I still let her delegate this friendship and everything, bro. Like, we oh still together God. sometimes. So she, this is what she did. She gave me a list of shows that we will watch simultaneously or when she comes by the crib or if I come by her crib. She named three shows. I did. L- listen. So what does that mean, Spider? <laughs> that means everything else is fair game. No, right? but listen, after I named the three shows, he then reached out to me. He was like, oh, some of these shows ain't the same. You know, yeah, we're both we used to watching yeah, them, together. Watch them together. Yeah. So we agreed on certain other shows that we were going to watch together. And the when Punisher I found out not, The Punisher but, was coming back on, I hit you up and I said, it'll be out January 18th. That's all you said. I said, that is not what you said. You can go I find can't that wait text. for us to watch no, it. No, that's not what you said, player. That's probably what you normally say in your uh, regular addendum and memorandum. So how many episodes did you watch? Uh, about nine out of the 13. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, I'm sweating. God damn, it's hot in this I literally waited because when I got home last night, I went out with my homegirls. When I got home, I was like, oh, I'm a, I could watch a show. Yeah, you but I was have. like, I'm going to wait because we said we was going to watch this together. And you done burnt off on nine of them. I'm going to tell you like this, too. I know, you you know, with us being single, you, you know, you entertaining guys and stuff now. You may or not want to say on the podcast that you still watch TV shows with me because them niggas, they already scared to approach you. First of all, now, not now, entertaining now, anybody. Now, now, now they're not going to really want to talk to you. They're going to be like, damn, they still hang out and watch shows together from time to time? Yeah, I'm not entertaining anybody anymore because that's already happened. What what has already happened? People are like, "Oh, you're too, you're still oh, yeah. too close," and I'm just like, "If you can't," and I've, accept- and I've literally told Ortiz, "I was like, if you need to back away from the podcast, if you don't, you know, if I need, but to but why should I have yeah, to no, back that's, away from that's my? Up. Yeah, it that's is. not right. But I've even said that, bro. I was like, "Hey, I know." That you want to be in a relationship, I, I understand that. Like, I but get if they, it. if they feel that way without even knowing like, exactly. you know, that well, like, mm-hmm. why do you want to give them your exactly. time anyway? Mm-hmm. That's my point. Like, Plus, they're yeah. insecure, so I don't want to even entertain that. They do listen to the podcast too, right? Yes. Pussy. <laughs> it's like crazy. Like, why don't you? It always makes sense. If you, if I want somebody, I'm coming for you. I told her I was like, if I wanted, if I decided to say, hey, I think I made a bad decision to walk away. I'm coming back. And if she said, well, I'm talking to this guy, I'm saying, that's cool. But you know what, Spider? He would be trying to learn all the things about you mm-hmm. that I already know. Oh, my 
man. You know what I'm saying? So it's not really even a fair game. But the point of the matter is, I wouldn't come back. Like I tell people all the time, you don't go in and out of a girl's life. Mm-mm. That's not right. If you know you're not trying to be there, don't go there. Now, this is when the honesty kicks in. And I've even told her, bro, I said, there are things and there are times that I've thought about you in certain ways, but I will never tell you mm-hmm. if I know I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Because what that does is that holds that woman up from whatever guys in, that she's entertaining or whatever guy that she may like. And it may be a guy that really likes her. And if I'm having a low moment and because of familiarity, I don't know if my tongue wrote enough, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you, you yeah, but because of that, sometimes people go back, but it's mm-hmm. like you go back comfort right. not because you're truly trying to go back mm-hmm. and so many motherfuckers are getting fucked up and behind that and you know that yes I do but the I good do. thing about it is too she'll hit me up and say hey thanks for still being a gentleman thanks for whatever something happened last week and you was like hey thanks for still being nice oh yeah because you me. were checking on me to make sure I made it home yeah. or something I was out late oh yeah I went to the gym late yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying was. it's okay to check in on your friends and other people or whatever this is the key this is the thing that I, men if you're trying to figure out how to get a woman do things with no intentions mm-hmm. no agenda just yeah. be nice because that's what you're doing not for pussy not for head. I don't think nothing. Many men are capable of doing that though. They're not. I've seen it happen to. Yeah. They're not. They're not even in a friendship with a guy. If a yeah. nigga get, if a nigga buy you two beers, he gonna be like, "Hey, bro, you gonna get it this time? I got it last time." It shouldn't be based off that. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? That's what I love about people like Matt mm-hmm. and my homeboy Adam. My homegirls, I went out with last night. I bought the first round, and I was getting ready to head back to the bar. They grabbed me and was like, "Nah, I got this round." I don't know. Maybe some of us <laughs> black people got trained by white folks yes. uh, in, a, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> because one thing that a lot of black people don't do, and nigga, if you buy a round, yes. they're expecting you to buy the next round exactly. and possibly the next round. That's how how far can we get with getting these niggas to pay? With a white person, they won't let you lift your hand. Mm-mm. That's why I try to tell people, when I talk about white people on this show, I'm talking about particular white people. I'm not talking about a whole group or race. Now, sometimes it does sound like that, and that's my fault because I generalize things. But sometimes some, com- sometimes it is that way. Though. That's yeah. what I've been saying. Sometimes in conversation, you have to generalize it, and then you have to be that person. Like when I watch TV and they talk about miscreants and thugs, mm-hmm. I don't get offended because I know that's no, not who yeah. I am. I don't get offended by white folks talking about black people who do certain things because I know if, mm-hmm. if, that, if that rock don't hit me, I'm good. Yeah. But I love my white friends. I love my black friends. I love my Mexican friends. I love love all all my my friends. friends. (laughs) Like, you know, people like to break that shit up. Now, we didn't answer the question on the All Guys episode, but I told you about it. And the guy guy deleted the comment. Oh, yeah. But I think I posted something months back when we talked about uh, digital blackface. Mm -hmm. And digital blackface is basically, uh, from my understanding, is when a white person uses a gift, emoji, Mm -hmm. or meme that it's of like black culture, like from a black TV show or whatever the case, they use that to express themselves. Mm-hmm. And they were talking we're about, so yeah. And they were saying that more white people use black people emojis and which was weird to me, but they were like, they use it more than any other race uses outside races. Yeah, Cause they don't have no good expressions. So when they did that, they were like, what, is, what they was like, why do y'all do this? So one guy hit me up and it wasn't to like, like the black lady who was descri- describing digital blackface, she was like, this is not to tear down white people. Mm-hmm. This is not to deter you from doing it. It's just saying if you are using black gifts, black memes, black things to express yourself, just think first, why are you using that? Mm-hmm. And if you know why you're using it and it's not a perpetual thing or it's not a thing that... Then go right ahead. Yeah, then go right ahead. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not making fun of the culture, mm-hmm. go right ahead. So this white guy hit me up and he's like, this is the things that cause racism right now. You know, there's no black person. They're not, you know, you're brown. There's no white person. A white person would be considered peach. He was like, this colorism stuff was created by whatever. And he was like, you're a part of the problem. And he was like, there's no race. And in my mind, I was oh, going to okay. respond. I was going to respond to him. But then I was like, I'll do a podcast. I'll better explain myself. And then I'll drop the video. Mm-hmm. All I was going to say is, yeah, you're right. You know, we all are part of the problem of saying separation. Mm-hmm. But your people or ancestors started this shit. And they are the only ones that and, have the privilege. And he to has say, the privilege to say that that oh, shit doesn't matter. Race doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Because when you me. walk in a job interview, that job interview is going to go your way regardless. Did it stop recording? think so it probably did it does it on and off but it's one of those things to where if 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 you go to a job interview they're not gonna they're gonna look at your color but they're gonna look at your color Mm -hmm. and your race in a positive light yeah they're gonna look at a black man or a black woman in a negative light like me and her may go in and we may be questioned about our hair Mm -hmm. how black are you i'm actually excited to see what's gonna happen when when i transition from this job 
into my into next another because this will be my first time actually. Yeah, so you got a couple this. years before y'all do whatever y'all transitioning into. Oh, yeah. So they're gonna before you're gonna be in your in real next. bohemian mode. Yeah, <laughs> but I do wonder I too for wait. me because my hair, my la- my last two jobs and even the current job I'm at now, they're open minded. It's rare that you find open minded. I was mm-hmm. cool with my last manager at my last job. She was a white doctor, mm-hmm. amazing lady, Doctor Gillespie, amazing, amazing lady. She even used to listen to the podcast, and some of the uh, dudes would come in, the doctors would come in, and they'd be like, "Hey, I heard the podcast." And this Australian doctor he used to be like, "Oh, it's kind of spicy, side." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Is that good?" He was like, "Yeah, it means it's hot." He was like, "It's good. It's just not what I was expecting." So. I worry about now. My catalog is so big. I've really mm-hmm. dived into podcasting. They're going to go back and catch Ooh, And it doesn't matter what episode they, they listen matter. to. It's going to be rough. Yeah, each one. Yeah, each one. Even even, 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 the, even the titles. <laughs> and But you know, and I told Ortiz, I was like, it makes me nervous because I'm like, damn, have I, in a way, typecasted myself for what they may expect of me? But clearly, you haven't. Because you got somebody approached you this oh, week. Oh yeah, so I did get offered, bro. First time I ever got offered for a hundred thousand dollars a year, straight up. Ooh. Hey, yeah. I was like, oh, this I, I, can't, about to I can't even benefit from this shit, no more. <laughs> but what? Else? But it was a contract, and I was like, I don't want to work on contracts. Yeah. So like I told him, I was like, hey, I got a pretty good job now. I was like, this is definitely more than what I'm making. Mm-hmm. I was like, but keep my resume on file. Keep shooting me the stuff. So I sat out and I talked to Artizi, and I, the last couple of, I would say the last what year and a half. I've really been like, yo, what's my second act going to be? That may be the name of the podcast. Okay, come on, Lethal Your Weapon. second act. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But it's like, what's your second act going to be? And it, and she's right. It came from Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. One of the shows we used to watch together that we no longer watch together. We watch it simultaneously. Simultaneously. <laughs> so on Lethal Weapon, uh, Roger Murtaugh and his wife were talking mm-hmm. about what do they want to turn their second life into? Yeah. And I was like, damn. We getting close to that midlife crisis. What ages are the midlife crisis? I feel like in your 30s. Now I feel like it is just because of society. And who you're turning, like you're changing. Oh, yeah. What's what's one of the biggest things that have changed about you since you turned 30? Outside of the generic. Just not giving a fuck. But outside of that, though, because everybody says I'm not giving no, a fuck. No, but for me, 30. I feel like for me, that's really a big deal. Because if anybody knows me, like really knows me, they know like I've always been concerned. I've always been a perfectionist. I was the only child mm-hmm. and I was always afraid to make a mistake. So now for me, if I make a mistake, then, you know, yeah. sometimes I beat myself up about it. But for the most part, I'm like, oh, well, we are all our <laughs> own biggest critic. Man. Yeah. Spider, what's one of the biggest things for you that you felt like changed for you when you turned 30? Hmm. That's a damn good question. Uh, for me, like, I felt like I wasn't a kid. It was more like 27, 28. Yeah. When I finally stopped feeling like I wasn't a fucking kid anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so 30 was basically like learning adulthood. Yeah. You know, and, like I was still doing doing things, you know, living on my own, doing that kind of stuff. It's yeah. just that my mindset wasn't that of an adult. Yet. Yeah. Oh, and I see, think a lot I've of people. felt that way. But see, that's women. I women. Grew up, yeah, yeah. And, and then women, like they say, I mean, statistics say what y'all y'all are more mature and yeah. fully matured at mm-hmm. 24, 25, 26. 24, 25, 26. I was still trying to determine which hand I wanted to beat my <laughs> meat with, the left or the right. Yeah. And see, my mom, she died when I was 21. Yeah. So I grew up having to take care of other members yeah. in the family. And then when she passed away, I had to assume certain responsibilities. Because so. I remember when me and her first started dating, bro, she would be. I would be like, hey, you want to go do something? She'd be like, yeah, but I got to do this for the kids. I got to do this for myself. I got to go to the store for my grandmother and my get her groceries uh-huh. and then take her her groceries. Yeah. And then I may have to drop the kids off. And I was like, OK, yeah, yeah. but she would still be there. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling her all the time. I was like, yo, I, your time management is perfect. Yeah. Even now, like yeah. I just decided I yeah. decided to go back to school. And because I'm an overachiever, I signed up for six classes. Yeah. So Ooh, I work full time and I have six classes. Why the fuck and would y'all you? know that I've been helping out more so here at the studio with some of the shows. Six classes. So I've been coming in nights, weekends, you know, trying to. Yeah. But I think also that's the thing too, because I know with everything that you do and all the stuff that I do when I hear somebody complain about. Oh, yeah. I don't you have can't time. give me no. I'm like, excuse. I don't want to hear that shit. Because even, no. even now when she was talking to me, she's like, are you going to go get your MBA? She's been trying to push me to do this MBA and like I'm planning on going back to SMU to get some certifications on some stuff that I already do now and I was like I don't know you know I was like I've been out of the game a couple years with the college thing and you know if I go back I was like that's great to get my MBA maybe I will Mm -hmm. but then with her I was like 
where does the time come in? And she was like, remember when you used to drive way from here to go to UTA to go to college, then you drive back in the middle of the day to go to work, then you go home and do this, then you, you would do, do the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I forgot. And sometimes we forget how much we can do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get accustomed to not doing things when we've been doing things. And for me, sometimes I miss being busy. Yeah. Because when I have too much idle time, I start to think about shit that when I really think about it, I'm like, this shit don't matter. Or mm-hmm. not to be funny, I'm smoking more than I would. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I don't need all this fucking idle downtime. So I just feel like, I don't know. Transitioning for me, I think I started feeling a little bit, like Spider said, adult-like and more grown around like 33. Yeah. Even when I hit 30, I still didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And even at 36 today, I don't feel like I'm 36. Yeah. No, I still don't either, but it's like, it's just the mindset of, uh, like figuring out what you're doing with your life, where yeah. you're headed yourself on your own path. Yeah. Like being able to see that at some point. And I didn't see it when I was younger at all. Yeah. I was just living day to day, whatever, you know, what happened happened. Yeah. And I'm starting to have more serious thoughts. I know I said on another podcast where I, I now a lot of times I'm sitting down and I remember just sitting on the couch and calling it what it was. I was looking at the TV. I looked around and I was like, yo. It's time to, I got to do something more. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's something out there that's bigger than me. Yeah. And then you have to start adding to yourself, meaning family wise mm-hmm. to create that, whatever's bigger than you. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I'm sitting there and I'm like, I ain't got no kid to take to the game. All the, all my friends are like, yeah, I got to like, shout out to Frank, man. Yeah. Frank was like, yo, I can't be in the studio. Dad. I got to take a little man to basketball practice. I got to take my little daughter to, you know, this gymnastic or recital. And I'm like, and everybody got whatever. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And even the people who are single, it's like a lot of them. That's why I was saying in my, in some pictures, I was like, I'm realizing now that I'm the old head. Mm -hmm. I'm 36. Yeah. And all the motherfuckers who my, I tell RTs all the time, my phone stays blowing up for advice Mm -hmm. for how to do this, how to do that. And I'm like, why, why motherfuckers keep coming to me? And I'm like, Nigga, you the old head now. Mm-hmm. The 30-year-old, the 22-year-old, all these motherfuckers between 22 and 32 are coming to you yep. because you've somewhat been through this. But what they don't understand is, yeah, I've been through this, but so many weeks. And I told RTZ this week, I was like, you ain't heard me complain. I was like, but it's been a rough week. Mm-hmm. And it's like so many people still are pulling energy mm-hmm. from me. And I'm like, fuck. So I was supposed to meet a friend yesterday, and they weren't able to make it for the meeting we were going to have. And they were like, hey, I just, I kind of feel like I'm stuck, you know? And I was like, depression. And I was like, I'm not trying to tell you what it is, but from what you're telling me, that's depression. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so it feels like, and I said, let me let me try to tell you what it feels like. And I was like, you can't move. It's like your body is comfortable being where it is, but your mind is saying, get up, go do this. You want to go to the gym. You want to read a book. You want to go eat. You want to go meet friends. But your body is comfortable, but your mind feels bad. You feel lazy. You feel like, And then next thing you know, you've thought for two hours and you're still sitting there. Mm -hmm. Then the night comes and you definitely ain't going nowhere. And then the next thing you know, that cloud is it's it's it unsettled in now. And you're watching TV until you fall asleep at seven o'clock like an old bitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's depression. Yeah. And I reached out to Artiz. I was like, hey, can you give me your therapist number? I want to shoot it to somebody, you know, shot the shit over there. And it's like helping people makes me feel good. But you know what? The day that I was helping this person. I was fighting the same feeling that this person was fighting. But mm-hmm. that was uh, the best person for them to hit up then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think we talked about that before. Uh-huh. Like, it's a lot easier yeah. to deal with it if you're dealing with it yourself. Exactly. And she literally hit me in that moment. And I was like, yo, I'm in that moment too. But she didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was able to back. Because for me, like I told her, I was like, the best way to get out of the depression is to accept that you're in it. Mm-hmm. acknowledge it and then you can figure out what you need to do to tackle it and get past it yeah, and someone else asking you about it and makes you face it yourself. makes you fucking face it and say it yourself and literally I said that I didn't even leave my house but I was like alright babe I'm cool turn on some 2k boom 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 Punisher 9 out of 13 you know what I'm saying <laughs> Frank Castle fucking up shit and I was good again wow what you mean wow you know, you don't went off and ran off on some shows on me. I no. gotta get these. You say I gotta get these notes because she haven't even... ran off on no shows on you. Oh, okay. Even when I tried to, I told you I was like, nah. Okay. Well, we do. We do. You know, this is a recap episode, so we gotta recap some of the previous interviews that we've had. We I haven't mean, had time to get around to them. It's a lot of them. They didn't stacked up already. Yeah, I do. and we just started. Started back. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to talk about my favorite one thus far for me is uh, Cameron Glover. That was my favorite one. And the reason being is I think, for one, I always talk to uh, black people about how I feel like the black community lacks mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. sexuality. You know, I was talking to my brother yesterday and he was like, what is it with, unfortunately, a lot of black women? It's mm-hmm. like they're scared to be as sexual as they want to be. They could watch something and want to do these things and be these things, but they still and yet don't do them. And he's like, why is it like that? But every, it seems like every other race that you mess with, they've kind of tackled their sexuality and who they are. So talking to Cameron Glover for me was just great hearing mm-hmm. somebody who was open-minded, who statistically um, had, you know, data that was backed up by some of the things that she oh, was yeah. saying and the fact that she has a passion for it to help people and let them know. And the fact that she was a, a queer, queer, queer. Queer, uh, yeah. yes. So. Identifies as queer. But uh, I liked it because. I mean, why are you on your phone? We no, because I was I was about to give a shout out. I know you are. I'm just so giving you a hard don't time. give me a hard time. Hold on, now you done made me lose. I my say, I know. She's so easy. It's like a <laughs> motherfucker dribbling in practice, and you stick your hand out there, and they fumble the ball. You're not a real dribbler. No, I we ha- we got quite a bit of feedback on that episode, and so shout out to Jarv, last name Porter, on Twitter because okay. he hit us up, and he actually said that he agreed with my point of view with regards to the whole polygamy. And what situation. was your point of view? Um, polygamy. Okay. What? What the hell? <laughs> polygamy. Oh my god. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she got niggas coming. <laughs> she don't want to be embarrassed by the oh phone. My god. See how she <laughs> phone came on. I just saw a guy's face. I'm like, good shit. No. <laughs> good time. No, no, that no. is perfect time, Miss Mike. No, Biden. it's not. Ooh. All right, go ahead. Anyway. What you said. She hot as shit. I hate you. You got, this, you got so, the cameras going, Spider? Oh, it was right on camera. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank Y'all are both ridiculous. Okay, I'm Okay, you. so Jarv's last name Porter, he agreed with my point of view on polygamy because we were talking about there are so many different ways that people can go about having a polygamous relationship. Mm-hmm. And she referred to my thought process as the kitchen table method. Okay. And he was saying that that's what he would prefer more so than what you were talking about as keeping everything separate um, because I feel like if that's something you're going to go into and be in a relationship with that person, you should share that aspect of the relationship. So I thought that that was amazing because you give me a hard time about that all the time. So thank you for agreeing with me. All right. Jarvis, last name. No, Jarv. Jarvis. That means his name is Jarvis. We're not going to assume that. I'm going to assume it's Jarvis Porter. (laughs) Thank you, first of all, for being a listener of the Reality Podcast. Thank you for the feedback. And he gives consistent feedback. He does. Yes. I want him to explain that a little bit further. So the kitchen table method of polyamory for you was you guys are all in and you all kind of delegate what's going to be done. Not necessarily delegate, but if we want to all hang out together, we can do that. You were more so on the side of you want to keep your side piece separate. To me, that's just like, okay, you got a side piece. That's not a polygamous relationship in my mind. Uh, I, I don't want no part. That's just like an ongoing threesome. Well, I had someone in the studio this week that, that had lived in polygamous relationships, yeah. and she had, I think it was, she was in a relationship with two different women and three different guys. That's what I'm saying. It grows. It's like a family. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's, that's that was dangerous. the thing is that it ended up being, uh, like, uh, a couple of them were married, and she's just as into the wives as the, the dudes. The guys, yeah. And, like, yeah, it's been a, a big mess, it sounds like. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But it was all... Uh, openly communicated going in. Everyone mm-hmm. knew what was going on before they started anything. Everything, yeah. Everyone was cool with it. Yeah. Now, I don't want to parse it because at some point it gets bad. I was watching, uh, I told you I was watching that thing called Swingers on like Showtime late night and like the lady, the guy was introducing the lady into the life. The lady got into the life. They were openly fucking whoever. They knew who they were fucking and then she got off schedule. Instead of starting, yeah. instead of Tuesdays and Thursdays, this bitch was going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's my and time. That's more so what? That's more so your thing. Like, I mean, you would get out of, I know I would get out of hand. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of nigga you cannot keep in the pocket. Like, mm-hmm. if I want some head Monday, if I get a blowjob Monday that was amazing, mm-hmm. I want that shit Tuesday. I'm not waiting to Thursday. <laughs> so I know not to get myself into those situations. So that's my thing. Thank you, Jarvis. Thank you, Cameron Glover. Orlando mm-hmm. and Brandon drew a lot of attention because- They are so high-spirited. Very high-spirited. Oh, Brandon's show is great, too. Yeah, yeah. Check that's it. good. Check that's, it out. That's good. So that's Brandon. Well, that's His more. is going to be dropping on Sunday under Roberts Media Group. So it's so just more? More in, more in Dallas. More in Dallas podcast. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you uh, didn't know your people. More in Dallas podcast. <laughs> and it's a lot of- uh, It's a lot of information for people who are transplants here. Come yeah. on, Spider. Yeah. Give us really the information. <laughs> and more. It's M-O-O-R-E. Yeah. More in Dallas okay. podcast. Redeem yourself then. 
<laughs> you the one that handle all the paperwork and documentation, <laughs> so you know. I just know when he gave me his logo, it just said more. Yeah, and I needed well, it he, to be like more in Dallas. He's reworking it. Okay, so that's why so I was still, good. Okay, that's why okay. I was still on that. So I was trying to be sure with Orlando and Brandon, um, Orlando Valentino and Brandon Moore episode, which was episode two thirty one, Nigelations eight and seventeen. <laughs> A lot of people like that one because of hearing two males mm-hmm. at their age talk about depression. Yeah, and then actually connecting through talking about depression. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know how the interview was going to go at the beginning because they came out real rambunctious out of the <laughs> gate. It was like two kids at recess. Yeah. I was like, ah, these niggas don't have too much candy. And I then they were drinking while they yeah. were doing the episode. I was like, yeah, I said, I don't know how I'm going to calm these guys down. <laughs> but it ended up smoothing out mm-hmm. and people liked it because they like people being open about the depression. I feel like since we talked about depression about a year ago, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been reaching out saying, yo. Because now more and more people are able to be honest with the fact that pretty much everybody is affected by it at mm, some yeah, point. Yeah. And I think I think it not only does it help, you have pro athletes doing it, but I think so many people that are normal mm-hmm. are normalizing that it. That people yeah. are seeing on social media and yeah, thinking that yeah. their life is perfect mm-hmm. and they're aspiring to be this person or be like this person. And so to feel to find out that that's something that they struggle with, that yeah. just makes them even more real. So Agent Orange shut down the government. <laughs> Agent Orange. Shut down the government. This is an absolute shit show at this point. I just realized that the food is not being checked. I don't watch the news, so I've kind of get my news through Artesia and Twitter. But when she told me that the FDA has not been checking the food. A certain percentage. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. made sense sense because Mm -hmm. I started a juice diet this week, and no wonder I was shitting like crazy (laughs) on Monday and Tuesday because I was drinking past due dated juices. Now, I got the juice literally last week, bro. Just realized that half of them said uh, good until February 29th of this year, and the other said good at January 7th. Bought these bitches on no, the 12th. No, you had one that was good in December. It was. It said December 29th. <laughs> but see, I didn't look at it because I ordered online. I did Instacart. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not bougie, so but every now and again, I get a few coins, and I'm like, I want to have them deliver my groceries. That person. Yeah, they just grabbed everything. Check the expiration date. Anytime I go to the grocery store, I check the expiration date. She yeah. did not. I was like, damn, these motherfuckers ain't supposed to make my stomach move like this. Mm. It was moving. So I didn't know that it was shut down. So people. Well, you knew about the shutdown. I knew about the shutdown. I didn't know the FDA part of of it. And there's so much shit that's just going wrong, man. It's fucked up. There's so many people out of jobs and don't have no money. And normal people don't have a fucking savings. Mm -hmm. So this is like the fourth week of the shutdown. Long. And of course, everybody's comparing it because the government did shut down when Obama was in he office. Was. But that was only for a you know a certain amount of days. I think it was what seventeen days, I maybe. Know, and that was for healthcare. It was not for a, a wall. wall, a wall so, that nobody wanted built. Besides niggas who yeah. think like Trump. So I'm starting to see more and more companies like my even my uh my place where I get my hair. Yeah. Done. My loctician. She's Lock doing something. Yeah, she's doing something now. She's like, if you're a government contractor or employee, you know, she's doing free maintenance yeah. for all of the government employees, yeah. as long as they have their ID, of course. Yeah. And so I see other people doing certain things. There was some on social media that was asking, uh, should landlords expect their rent money because the government is shut down? Now, that's, I mean, how far should you go to help out the people that are affected? Because I had a, a guy reach yeah. out to me at my job. And he was claiming the whole government shutdown thing or whatever. But he was already behind four months. So I I would, you know, I understand. So I told him, I was like, you know what? We can help you out with this current situation. But the past three or four months, you got to figure something out with that. Yeah. That part I do understand. Or I would just place this whole shit on hold. Like if he's 90 days past due, I would just let it hold right at 90 and let him know you can start paying and get this caught up. We're not adding anything else right now. If you have that. Yeah, well, he had a little bit of flexibility. He just didn't want to use the money. So he was able to, you know, do, pay something yeah. to get it taken care of. Because he knew it was yeah. bullshit when I he think called. You do need, I do think <laughs> you need to help some of those people. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I think you got to vet them. You got to look at their history. What is their payment history? What have they been doing? Yeah. As far as food, it's kind of like you can't really go to everybody's house. I would probably say create like some kind of stipend that says if you're coming for groceries, mm-hmm. you know, if you have uh, a government issued ID yeah. and is up to date because most government issued IDs, it'll be validated or mm-hmm. up to date. You can say, hey, you could use that. You know what I'm saying? Because they could tap into anything. All of this shit is connected. I'm going to tell you how connected I know. I told you my, my, my computer and shit is fucked up. Mm-hmm. I called Apple this morning. This bitch sent me an acceptance thing and looked at my computer through my phone. 
She said, open up your camera. I opened up the camera. She was able to see through my camera. I was just holding it up to my screen. That's how I was getting my work around this morning, brother. So like I tell Artis all the time when I hear shit in my phone, I'm like, mm-hmm. I know they have access. Yeah. So the all phone, you motherfuckers like sending dick pics. Shit so lately. all you motherfuckers sending dick pics and jacking off and FaceTiming mm-hmm. with your girl, masturbating online, they see it. They watching you while you twat wide open and your dick in your hand. Now, ain't nothing wrong with FaceTiming, but what you doing on the FaceTime? That's what I'm saying. But I what like you the think it's personal, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the thing. What other episode we have? All Guys episode. I yeah, like that. I like that one. I like your brother on was right on it. That's the one you own? Yeah. yeah. I like that one because, for one, bringing my childhood friend Bo in. Mm-hmm. It's always a good chopping up with him. Literally, we've been knowing each other since Pampers. Then, of course, me and my brother mm-hmm. with the reconciliation and everything. And his Every- podcast voice. Yeah, and everything mm-hmm. is going good. You know, like I sent her a message the other day after I had edited the episode, and he hit me up, and he's like, hey, bro, I know we got into it. I know, you know, now we're back on road and everything is going well. And he was like, I'm proud of you. You know, he's like, I'm proud of you. I can see the level, you know, level up that you've done with the podcast. He was like, and I'm really proud of what you guys are doing. And he was like, I really wish you could just see the inside of my heart right now. And I said, nigga, you are being very soft. <laughs> and I sent it to Artiz. I said, this is my brother. Yeah. And that's the whole time. Like, even when me and my brother were into it, I would always hit Artesia when I had got to the point of where I knew I was going to forgive him. I would reach out to Artesia and I was like, this shit is over. I was like, this dude is a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that about my brother. I was like, he's a better guy than I am. He's a better man than I am. He's yeah. more emotional. He's more giving and supportive. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to that point but yes. my brother has always been this way so even when me and him had this big blow up I was like we've always fought but he's never like clawed and scratched like he did this last time mm-hmm. so to finally get back to this point I was like yo it feel good to have that support mm-hmm. but uh, one of the people that you know I'm not talking to his sister hit me up yesterday mm-hmm. and she was like I heard the podcast she was like I'm so glad to see you brothers back together she's like now I'm waiting on the third brother to come back and y'all do it I said I don't think that's gonna happen I'm sorry I think I forgave all the niggas I'm going to forgive in 2018. Anybody that I have not forgiven, it's a done deal and it doesn't need to be dug back up or, or, or uh, reiterated or talked about again. Yeah. So, moving on. Why do girls want to spend the night when they have not been invited mm. to spend the night? You can say, mm, you've been one of them girls. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. no. We will not go there. In we were in a relationship and yes, there was there were times, times that you would, you would, that you would, I would be cook. dead set on staying. Not dead set on staying it's just this at that time likes to do anything no, that listen. makes us sound not like one of these crazy no, listen, but at that time i was living further away uh-huh. and so it didn't make sense for me to come all the way to your house just to turn around and go back home so yeah at that time i was dead set on saying because i'm like i didn't had i didn't been at work all day i didn't rip and ran i don't feel like getting comfortable with you for a few hours then leaving and going home dudes go home Dudes, oh, dudes never have a problem going home. Well, for the most part. At least I know I don't. If I drive to somebody's house, I still prefer to sleep in my bed because most women like to lay up under you and it's hot. They want to lay under you all night. They want extra cover on the bed. They want to lay on the same goddamn pillow. They want to lay facing you. you they want to lay on your chest. Who wants to lay facing you? Child, you done did that shit before. I don't face you. You started out doing You don't or face nothing. I didn't nothing. face you. Now, we that, would, that, would, that would assume that, that we were spending the night together. No, I don't face, or I did not face this you. This motherfucker did. You want me to spend the night? You want some dick again? I mean, what's the what's going on? It's like dead set. I don't want to fuck it up. I know the guy was on the phone earlier, so I don't. That don't have nothing listen. to do. I don't want to mess nothing up. That don't have nothing to do with nothing, okay? I can't wait to put that video out, boy. Y'all, she was clamoring in this motherfucker. I was not she even, the, she even stuck the phone. I was, just, like, I was trying to get it off the table. So it wouldn't vibrate and get the kickback. I ain't trying to fuck up your light skin. I saw the nigga was light skin. I don't fuck with light skin, dude. Oh, that nigga is light skin. I don't fuck with light skin, dude. Well, he's octomaroon. No, it's not like that, though. (laughs) It's not like that. That, I love it, Spider. That is a homeboy. Spider, you literally never know how. You don't understand how much I love this shit. When I see her talking to guys, it does my heart good. You know how many niggas would be like, uh, what's the word I, I'm But see, for? you are assuming I love it. that I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> I ain't assuming nothing. What I do like is I just know that nigga, you don't allow your number out. No, but that's a long time friend. Okay. So, yeah. I like this. I just went off your expression. My expression was I didn't want the phone causing the <laughs> vibration on the table. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Like, so I love it. I just can't help it. I love doing it. Anytime I can get you, I get you. No, 
I don't like when women should never assume stand the night. I've told I've you before. I've never assumed. I'm not saying you. No, I'm just We're saying, talk, yeah. period. No, you I don't never, think you should assume that you're going to stay the night, but you should be prepared if you if there's I feel like that you yeah. have kept your Bruce Wayne back. But in I'm the back always the trunk, pre- I'm prepared if I'm in a relationship. That's it. Okay. But if I'm just talking to something, yeah. yeah. It's girls that are prepared and they're not. I've talked about the situation where I had a girl come over and she already had like a head wrap and all that in the bag. And I'm like, I wasn't understanding this. That's a bit much. I didn't have girl like my home. My brother hit me up and he was like, "Why do girl?" He's like, "I had a girl call me and say I'm coming over and I'm staying." He said, "How are you gonna tell me that you coming and you staying?" Mm. I've had that too. Hey, are you free tonight? Yeah, I'm free. All right, I'm gonna come over. I already got my backpack. What you got a backpack for? <laughs> <laughs> Who said anything about staying? And the thing about men, women, this is one thing you need to understand about men: if we don't like you, if we ain't in a relationship with you, if we ain't obligated to you. Once we come, we really want you to go. We don't need you to stick around for food, for seconds, a second round, a movie, Netflix. We want you to go. You came, we conquered. Hopefully you got yours. Now it's time to go. I don't care how good your head is. If we let you stay, it's only two reasons we letting niggas stay around. We either really like you or we just being nice and we don't want to treat you wrong because whatever you just gave us we want it again mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't and oh, I know you got your homeboys and people listening guys you tell me what's the difference cause niggas if you and some guys are just straight up like yo I got somewhere to be mm-hmm. some days I wish I done told Ortiz I wish I could be a whole ass nigga sometimes mm-hmm. do you know what I would do if I was a whole ass nigga <laughs> do you know I would take so much money from girls mm-hmm. I would fuck so many girls I wouldn't give them agency over their body. That's a whole ass nigga. A whole ass nigga allows you to do fucked up shit and not care about it. Mm-hmm. My conscience won't let me do fucked up shit. When women offer me money, I'm saying I'm good. I could have a bowl of cereal and that's all I eat. And I'll say I'm still good because I just don't believe in taking people's money, especially if I'm not in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And even in a relationship, and she can attest to that, I either try to pay you back mm-hmm. or, I'm, do something else. or I'm trying to do something else. I give you a gift or something, something to balance it out because I never want people to feel like they've been taken for granted. Mm-hmm. On yesterday, I posted a video on my Instagram stories and it was this guy on Steve Harvey show and he was telling this girl about how, well, she asked, what can I do to make this relationship better again? He had moved on, mm-hmm. but he was giving her closure mm-hmm. and he was talking about how, you know, I, I feel like you had took me for granted. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't appreciated. And as I was listening to this, I was like, I've been in so many relationships like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible feeling to be in a relationship and feel like you're there by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so many marriages. I tell Artis all the time. I know so many homeboys and homegirls that are married yeah. and they're lonely as fuck. Mm-hmm. And nobody's leaving because they've gotten accustomed to splitting the bills. They got a little extra money in your pocket. Cause I tell you what, being single is tough. People think being in a relationship is tough. If you ain't rich, try taking care of yourself and 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 uh, financing your dreams. Mm. That's tough. Why are you sitting here looking at me? I'm, I'm <sighs> just listening to you. This nigga gets caught up, and then people will listen to the no, podcast and I'm say, just, "No, you always." My mama hit me up this morning. You be over talking people. I said that's the way the podcast is supposed to go. No. You worry about your job working for the state. <laughs> this is my shit. No, I was just listening because yeah. And a lot it of is people, tough for and, a lot of people. And a lot of people get caught up in me talking. Some people are listening. They're like, man, you're very so well-spoken. And I'm like, how am I well-spoken? I cuss like a motherfucker. But you get your point across. I do. Yeah. I do. But a lot of people, it's like people view me for more than what I feel I am. You got to step into it. I've already stepped into it. But some people still, it's like every time I step into it, people are like, That's go higher. That's the purpose. Go you're higher. supposed to keep evolving and getting better. You know what? That leads to one of the things we were going to talk about is like, why don't people feel like we're not worthy of stuff? You know, one of the biggest fears, my shout out to my homegirl, Michelle Williams. She got into uh, Northwestern Kellogg MBA program. Mm-hmm. So she's been going back and forth to Chicago doing that. And is she, it Chicago or was it Florida? I don't know. She probably went to Florida for the interview. Oh, okay. But Northwestern is in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. But so she put something on Instagram the other day and she was saying, hey, ask me questions about mm-hmm you know, how I got here. And one of the things was like, did, were you scared? And she was like, yeah, I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how I was going to balance childhood, uh, you know, my job and traveling here. You know, you wonder if you could keep up with the curriculum. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, a lot of black folks do this. We have the guts to do things, mm-hmm. but we doubt ourselves as far as intellect. Mm-hmm. Because some, even though we know we're smart, society and history has That's told us we're not fucking smart and enough 
even your family yeah. will tell you, oh, Harvard, are you sure you want to do that? SMU. That's a, that's a hard school to get into. So they make it seem like whatever. I like I told it, you yeah. when I first decided what I wanted to be mm-hmm. and I told my dad and he was like, you're not going to make any money doing that. You yeah. need to go to school for something that's going to make you money. And, and so unhappy. I, in, yeah, so I instantly shut that down. And then it was years later that he came back to me and apologized yeah. for always being gone because he was chasing a dollar. Yeah. And that's what I don't want to do. Even when I told Arteza, when a guy made me the offer for a hundred thousand dollars the other day, I was like, I have a decent job. Mm-hmm. Do I want more money? Yes, because I spend money mm-hmm. and I want to get to a point of investing like I used to. But I feel like last year over the last two years with the podcast, we spent a lot of money. I purchased a lot of things. I wasted money out of with having the wrong mindset. I wasted money with trying to prove stuff working to myself, working with the wrong people, investing in the wrong people. And I was like, and I told her, I was like, yo, like, I remember, like, I got this camera here, but I bought another camera for over a thousand dollars. And I was like, didn't even need it. Didn't even fucking need it, bro. Nope. And I bought that bitch. And then I was recouping all my other shit a month later. But I only had bought that camera for other, and I was like, "Damn, we made a lot of stupid decisions." But now we're able to pass this information. Man, you made that stupid decision. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes, bro. <laughs> See how it goes. Just messing with That's you. Fine. You gave me a hard time. I got to give you a hard You're time. Right. But you know, I, I, and it's okay because I have made a lot of dumb decisions. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of things. I made some too. Yeah, you it know. is part of the process because even like I remember we did an event. And our teacher was and like, I, I don't knew think how should, I felt yeah. about that. She was like, I don't think we should do this. And that was one of our hardest events. Mm-hmm. And it we, was we stupid did, of me it, to yeah, not to just be not as shut vocal it down. Yeah. and say, Hey, no, I don't want to do this. And I always so. tell her, I was like, if you don't want to do something, you're looking at the numbers. You you know, you're talking to the people and you know at these venues. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel like it's a lucrative situation to take us into, yeah. don't let my stupidity or arrogance of wanting to do exactly. this, of wanting to be seen, of wanting to always look mm-hmm. like we're doing something because we all get caught up in that light. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now I think it used to be a, a point and I told Artiz, I was like, I think people are scared to tell me how the fuck they really feel. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you do kind of seem kind of, I don't know the words she used, but I was like, but if you know me, yeah. I'm real cool. But a lot of people don't look at me like, oh, he's a friendly people, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, they don't look at me as like, oh, he's a friendly guy. They look at me and they just look at a black dude, beard, yeah. dreads, tattoos, shoulders. I ain't finna tell that nigga how I really yeah. feel. And I'm like, I ain't finna bust a grape and a fruit fight. I will, yeah. but I'm not trying to do that. It's like, I really like people who will tell me, hey, mm-hmm. I don't like how you did that shit. Yeah. And I can count on one hand how many people will call me out and tell me about my shit. And I like it. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes when it hits me on the nose, I'm like, woo, God damn, my shit stinks. Yeah. But then I'm able to look at it and be like, you know what? They wouldn't say this shit if they didn't believe that shit. Mm-hmm. And if they can say that shit to me, then I need to take some heat. Yeah. I don't think I was ever afraid to tell you how I felt. I think for me, more, more so, it was about finding a balance. Because prior to when we were in a relationship, it was yeah. like finding a balance between us being together and me wanting to see you happy. Yeah. And then what I knew to be the best decision business-wise. Yeah. And you got to so, be careful with that. Yeah. Man, because I know even with... When somebody's going through like and and going back to like the feeling of acceptance and being worthy, sometimes when you don't really believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. that shit makes you feel low. Mm -hmm. And then people are trying to help you out. And depending on how low you are, you could bring the mother motherfucking people down. So sometimes you have to unlock yourself from them people and be like, not forever, Mm -hmm. but at least to make sure they don't drag you down to where they do. Exactly. That way, if they do come back, you're up here again and they're still down here to where you can pull them up a little bit more, take another break, come back, pull them up some more. Mm -hmm. But if you just stick with them the whole time, you'll start here and it'll be Mm -hmm. depending on how heavy that shit is. Cause I know I done had some heavy shit and I used to tell Artis, I'm like, you ain't gonna better fix this. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. No offense to you. But yeah. I need to be alone and I a few days. I learned that the hard way. Because she always started, used to try to fix yeah. it. And I used to break her heart every time. Not break her heart like intentionally, but she would be hurt because she couldn't help me. Yeah. And at some point of her trying to help me, I would talk crazy. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, just stay the fuck away from me. So you have to say stupid ass shit or you felt that you did mm-hmm. or I felt that I did in that moment to make you leave me alone. And it worked. Yeah. So I remember telling her, I said, you got to get to a point to where some days I might have a hard day. You just got to let me be. You got to back off and take your hands off of me. And sometimes that's the best thing you can do for people. Not fucking pacify them, but let them fucking get their Bambi on and get their legs together and get up and fucking walk <laughs> and get their work on, man. So, yeah. Thank but, God I don't have to repeat that lesson. Yeah, but I for like, the people, man, for the people who don't feel like you should be doing something, man, you can do whatever you want to do. It sounds generic, mm-hmm. but if Put you can- Put your mind to but it. No, for real, though. Mm-hmm. Like Nike say, just do it. Put your mind to all those cliche things like- you literally got to sit up and be like, yo, 
Yep. Come on, I can't do this shit. And then look at half the dumb motherfuckers mm-hmm. who've done it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> these dumb motherfuckers, you, all these dumb ass, we know some dumb motherfuckers who got MBAs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whew, shit must not be that hard. All you need is the cash. Yeah. And honestly, I got into DJing because I got so tired of going places and not liking what the DJ was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, man, I need to do this shit. So you go in and you yeah. fucking change it. Yeah. That's the same thing with, with podcasts. And I tell Arteezy, people probably think I have not felt this way. I still feel like, how much longer this podcast is going? Mm-hmm. And people will hear this and they'll email and say, keep going. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, they don't even know the struggle. No, and you. Because we're not trying to do basic shit. Yeah. We're not trying to. And then I feel like, I feel like low key, I'm not a pioneer, but I feel like in Dallas I am. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know too many other podcasters that are of color that's been doing it six years and five years in this. Mm-hmm. We about to come up on five years in April. Yeah. For the reality is. So, for a lot of people, they haven't been doing. A lot of white people were doing podcasting before yeah. us, but I feel like blackwise, like yes, yeah, I'm a pioneer. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, Terry. I forgot his last name at the Perfect uh, Pursuit of the Perfect Race podcast. Mm-hmm. He's at episode I think like two twelve. He always tells Aww. me like, "Hey, I'm gonna catch you. I'm gonna catch." I said, "You gonna catch me and surpass me because motherfucker doing like an episode every day." Yeah. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I don't. I do want to do an episode every day, but I don't want to do this every day. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do something that's you know like creative and production like I want to do shit like that mm-hmm. get people to tell stories and stuff like that so but if you feel like you can't do something man you can fucking do that and if you got friends around you to saying otherwise you get need them to reevaluate that. get them mm-hmm. the fuck away from you mm-hmm. so I went to get me some chicken salad <laughs> I like where this is going already yeah in the bodega of my building Artesia oh, loves bodega. it it is a bodega style place. <laughs> this motherfucker be hating like I'm not hating you know shit. I'll be over there taking advantage you know of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bodega style, you know, thing in the basement. So I go down there, I'm getting my sandwich. I got us some chicken salad earlier this mm-hmm. week. She was like, Oh, that shit's amazing. Can you give me? I said, Yeah, I get you something. So I went down to go get some. Ate chicken salad all last week. Yep. I don't know how to hear this nigga talking in the back. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Turn around, this is hobo. <laughs> This nigga looks at me dead in my face like, hey, what up, brother? This nigga has one eye. The right, he, the left eye is good. The right eye is bad. But on the right eye, it's kind of like swooping down. like mm-hmm. a, It looked like a Chinese eye. Like one eye is a regular Negro eye. And the other eye is a Chinese eye. Mm-hmm. But you only see the white part, not the pupil. Mm-hmm. And it was like red. And I was like, yo, so you, he like, hey, and he talking to me. And you like, <laughs> uh, what eye? <laughs> okay. And I'm looking at. The white part. Mm-hmm. Oof. This nigga was hustling the fuck out of this white dude. Now he got the white dude. You know how the white the, the hobos that come up to me, like, hey, you got a dollar? Mm-hmm. Can you go in the store and give me a pack of cigarettes? So he came in, started with a pack of cigarettes. He's like, hey, can you give me a sandwich? White dude got him a sandwich. He's like, hey, let me get some of them chips over there. <laughs> By the time this white man was done, this nigga had a chicken salad sandwich, <laughs> two bags of chips, some smokes, some ice cream, some soda. That feast gonna hold him. And a lighter. So you know the young black kid who's like security over yeah. there. It's a lot of kids. This the 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 hobo had left with the the white guy. <laughs> the black kid comes running in, literally like slides through the door. He's like, "Where he at?" I said, "What? what I said, "What you looking for?" He's like, "Where is that hobo at?" I saw his bike outside. He's like, he done broke one of those things. You know them little the city yeah, bikes. Yeah. He broke whatever it's off of it to ride. He's like, anytime I see that bike around here, I know he's hustling people. I was like, he just left. He already got a guy. He walked out with two bags, bro. <laughs> I said, and when he told me, he's like, yeah, if you see him, I was like, that nigga, the best he would have got out of me is a pack of cigarettes. And I would have went upstairs and got Frank cigarettes out of my oh, bag. Man. And I would have brought them cigarettes downstairs. <laughs> I hope Frank hears this. Frank don't even want them smokes. I no. got two packs of cigarettes at my house and oh, I yeah, don't smoke right. cigarettes. Frank right. is like, it's like his wife has said, Frank, don't smoke no more. He goes and buys them smokes and leaves them at my house. That's what it seems like. Because I'm starting to Are just. Are you even supposed to be saying this on the podcast? I don't know, but I just I feel like I'm stuck. So. Frank wife letting them smoke. He fine. <laughs> He just, I don't know why he's smoking Indian uh, cigarettes. <laughs> They're supposed to be better for you, okay? Well, that's what Frank said. That's that nigga leaving them all. How long have we been on the podcast? What time is it? Uh, we've been going for, well, I started early. But we got yeah. an hour so far. All right, so we about to get ready to finish it up. When do you know, or when did you know, your handwriting is great, but I couldn't read it. When do you know? I'm so full of shit. <laughs> when did you know that you were done with religion, man? Uh, that would have been in 19. That's when I left my church that I grew up in. That's when you knew you were done? Like you didn't this, have any 
premeditated thoughts of like no, I'm about to roll up out this bitch. I think when I turned, um, I hate this church. <laughs> but that little boy said, yeah. like, I, "I hate this." No, he said, "I'm tired of I'm this tired church." Of this church. <laughs> and he just added the microphone. But yeah, I always was you know tired to a certain extent because I grew yeah. up uh, Kojic mm-hmm. and we used to have to go to church. You know, we get there Sunday school at nine o'clock in the morning. We didn't get done till like three o'clock. Then we had to turn around and be back by six o'clock. And we wouldn't get out to like ten o'clock at night, yeah. and then you go um, let it be a prayer a prayer week. Yeah. It was like every day, and it was more so just the rules. Like the older I got, I think when I turned sixteen, you know, I was in really good shape. Mm-hmm. I used to want to wear my pants and your shorts, yeah, and yeah. my skirts a little shorter. Mm-hmm. I loved makeup. I loved uh, nail color. Like I couldn't wear any of that, I but my church, mom let yeah. me do it because she was more lenient. Was your pussy hair? That's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> I'm just saying, mom, you know the motherfuckers didn't shave? No, my mom taught me the importance of okay. giving me an option to, did I want to do that or I did I want to so. have this? I remember so. seeing some church girls and I'm like, why your fucking pussy look so fat? And that ain't yeah. just because of the lips. That's no. that hair. You got a whole fucking Thank bush. Thank God I got so many lessons from my mom before she passed away. Because, yeah, yeah she, she gave me a, quite a few options. I, I was just always <laughs> a why. I think I was done with church at 12. Mm. And the reason I was done at 12, like my, you know, my dad was out of my life at that point. So I was that nigga coming to church and the kid tried to tell you what to do. And I'm like, I mean, a, a man tried to tell you what to do. And I'm like, nigga, mm-hmm. you ain't my daddy. But the fucked up part about it was my daddy would still come to the church from time to time because he was keeping up appearances. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew that my mom and him, you know, were separated. Oh, really? No, but he would still come to church. And sometimes he would try to talk to me and it was just weird. You should feel weird sitting in church doing it. It's whole ass niggas out here. I know. And that's the thing. And that's when the older I got, the more I started to see that. Yeah. So I was like, how are they being so strict and trying to tell us how when to live our lives but when you're not even doing what you say? And now it makes sense yeah. because as we got older, we started to see that these niggas was hypocrites. Exactly. But if you make a life if you tell people that your life is supposed to be live sin free, mm-hmm. you're already setting them up to fucking yep. fail. Yeah. Because that means when you wake up and you see a girl walking down the street with a fat ass, mm-hmm. you can't lust. You can't think about eating that ass or mm-hmm. fingering it or fucking it because that would mean you're sinning. Mm-hmm. If you're single. I used to think everything I did was going to make me go yeah, to hell. If you're single and you're saved, you got to wait. And the Bible says your seed ain't supposed to touch the ground, so you ain't even supposed to rub your pussy or jerk your dick. Mm. So if you do, you're sinning. You're, you're, <laughs> you're opting out of a full-blown sin. So when I really, I think when I got like 16 and I realized that, mm-hmm. I started getting my dick sucked more than <laughs> I even thought I could because I said, why masturbate when I could I get a blowjob? It's the, the same goddamn thing. It's going in her belly, not the ground. Mm. If she's doing it right. <laughs> so then... I think as I got to like, I think I stopped going to church at 16. Oh. That's when I went. Yeah, I didn't I, have an option at that point. I what, stopped when yeah. I was 19 and then. I got punished a lot, but I just yeah. didn't give a shit. Like even when I signed those papers to play football when I wasn't supposed to, my mom literally was like, well, you're going to have to walk. I walked because yeah. I wanted to play. So See, when I said, I think one time I was like, oh, I don't want to go to church. Oh, you going to church. Even when I got my own car. Like that's how yeah. bad it was when I got my own car. I was like, mm, I'm not gonna go you to church stand, today. You didn't stand hard enough because if you stand yeah. in that spot hard enough, your parents well, would be like, see, "Fuck my this!" My mom was like, shit. me and my mom were very close, and yeah. it was only us in the house, so yeah. it didn't make sense to start an argument with her. Like, yeah. who else I'm gonna talk to? And you feel so <laughs> lost after church. I think for me, religion just kind of fucked mm-hmm. me up to where I even feel like now, me and my brother. At some point, I know a lot of people go through. They're trying to live or catch up with what they should have done when they were 20 something when they're 30 something because church fucked up their lives it took their Mm -hmm. their high school years it took their college years Mm -hmm. so you have a lot and that's another thing that's wrong with black people Mm -hmm. because if we if we feel that way they feel that way because I know when I came out even at I literally didn't find myself until like 24 25 and I left church at 6 but because I had been ingrained and programmed and even after 16 like I still went sometimes I just didn't go as much Mm -hmm. so I was still into that so to come out of that and say I want to be my own man Mm -hmm. but like she said feel like everything that you're doing is going to send you to hell Yeah. and then and even in the Bible to say oh what is it like it's going to be harder to get into heaven it'll be easier for a camel to get through a needle's eye and it's like nigga well well, what what are we doing that's why I was just like I can just be the best person I can be that's all you can be and have my own relationship with God yeah and I learned the importance of that of course when my mom died but I wanted to say I was so proud of myself the other day because one Sunday 
not too long ago, uh-huh. I ran into one of my old church members. Yeah. And she was like, hey, it's so good to see you. She was like, when are you going to come by the church? Yeah. And I was like, honestly, I'm probably not. Yeah. And the old me would have never said that. You'd I would have just like, been oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, Sunday. I'm going to get by there. And then she would have went Sunday whatever. just to please her. Exactly. Yeah. Like a fucking But I was food. like, oh, I'm probably not. And she was like, well, if you don't mind me asking, why not? So I went ahead and told her yeah. like my thought process about the church. And she was like, well, what about like the kids? Church. I said, she was like, what about the kids? I said, oh, my kids are being raised yeah. in a spiritual manner. Mm-hmm. Like they know about God. Mm-hmm. They know about, you know, all this other stuff. Um, but without all that doctrine, without all the rules that what say you, you can't do for? this, you without can't do that. Because I don't want to stifle my children yeah. the way that I was stifled. And that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. And then they will grow up hating you. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. Ain't nobody got time And then for that. even if they don't grow up hating you, because I didn't grow up, you know, resenting my family. That's, the, that's why a lot of y'all are sexual. it took a long time yeah. to undo all of that. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people are fucked up sexually. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like, oh, if I do something well, so nasty. Well, it's that I'll go and childhood traumas. Childhood yeah. traumas. That have fucked us up as a black race. Thank God I've never dealt with that. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I would do if a motherfucker when I was six was tugging on my dick. Mm-hmm. I'd probably kill him when I got older. I mean, but as a girl. It's different. It's different. Yeah, you more. Yeah, yeah. y'all are more inward and secluded, mm-hmm. and guys become angry. Exactly. Because you realize that hey, this and motherfucker look, shouldn't have been touching me. Yeah, took advantage of me. We blame ourselves for it. Yeah, and, some, and women are angry too. Mm-hmm. It's like a bit. I feel like I can't explain for a woman just from watching TV shows and seeing documentaries. It seems like they're angry, mm-hmm. but they're more ashamed than angry. Mm-hmm. You and either, with guys, we're like more angry because it's like motherfucker, you did this when I couldn't protect myself. Yeah. Do it now while I can protect myself. I think for women, you either turn out um, hype, super hypersexual mm-hmm. or you're highly sexually repressed. Yeah. And it's so. a lot of damaged people, man. Mm-hmm. It's so many damaged people doing damaged things, man. It's unfortunate, but I have a friend who um, recently got a, a, a divorce was finalized. But over the last two years, I would say while the divorce has been coming about this person has been trying to date and dating people and I'm like why act like you know why do that mm-hmm. like get that shit done and be done and then when the divorce was final the person was hurt and I'm thinking how are you hurt when you've been dating yeah. people and doing whatever the last two years I don't understand the I hurt I mean it's still a closure and like, that's it's what still my mom a, a said. chapter that of your life that you have to now realize okay it's yeah. officially over but the whole I was day, the same yeah. way with my yeah. divorce the whole dating thing is weird because i remember we met when you were going through because i knew like i knew you yeah but you were going through your divorce i think i left the job and i've been gone for a while and then we ran into mm-hmm. each other and you were going through it at that time and as much as my ex-husband and i had talked and he realized where i was yeah. and he was like hey i understand if this is what you need to do yeah. go do it and it was like okay we're good we went to the tape but something about the judge signing off on the paperwork was like it's done Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say I think, and and yeah, that's why I say I don't think marriage is for me, Mm-mm. and I don't understand. Like I was telling my hunger the other day, I was like, marriage ain't, is not for me. I was like, but the thing about it is, I don't know what woman I'm gonna find that's gonna be okay with that. Yeah, that's the problem. And you know what? And yeah. that's why I said that's my problem with dating because now I can't find or seem to come across anybody else that's like okay with the fact that I don't want to get married. Yeah. So. And I don't think people think past the document part exactly. of it. Exactly. And me, it's it so much about, more than that. Because yeah, I don't have a problem being docu- faithful. Yeah. I love long-term companionship. Yeah. Like, all of that is not a problem for me. But it's just me. like, why bring the government exactly. into anything? Like, I, I don't trust the government. Never have, never will. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the more documentaries I watch, the more stuff that I read. It's like, all of this shit is a big game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all of this shit really is a rat race. Like, all this shit that they create with the internet it's literally distractions mm-hmm. to you, for you not to be so focused. Yep. That's why when you are focused and you're, you know, like an Angela Rye or something, mm-hmm. they try to make you crazy or they be like, oh, she's being belligerent or he's being belligerent. Yeah. They try to discredit you. So your ammo mm-hmm. is, is kind of like you lighten that blow. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Or they try to pay you off. Yeah. That's the thing about, um, I'm like I told you, I'm reading a Malcolm X book by mm-hmm. Alex Haley. And that's the one thing that made Martin Luther King dangerous. You could not pay this motherfucker off. Malcolm you can pay Martin Luther mm-hmm. King to come to a church. You could pay him to come speak on the, uh, you know, Washington DC, whatever. You couldn't pay Martin. You couldn't pay, uh, Malcolm X, Malcolm X man. You couldn't buy his character. And that's the same thing about they said about Obama. They said they had scavenged the earth looking for dirt on Obama while he was in the uh, in the office. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find a single fucking drop. What was that dude? Bane something Bane. Yeah. He was like, I ain't even really care for him, but mm-hmm. it was nothing that you could find on him. Yeah, that sounds like good. Yeah, good. Oh, and back to people getting caught up in the document. Don't get caught up on the marriage. 
oh, license. Yeah, yeah, the documents. Because there are yeah. plenty of other documents that you can have that will secure your partnership yeah. with this person. You can go to somebody an asked me, somebody was like, Well, how do you how are you gonna leave something to that person? Uh, a will? Uh, mm-hmm. Life insurance, make them your beneficiary. You can turn this like, recorder on your phone right now and say, <laughs> right. I, and, and I have a recording on my phone. Yeah. And it tells on my phone how to break up what I have left between my mom, my niece, my brother, and Artesia is the closest friend I have. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whatever I have in stocks and market, divide that shit up after everything is sold, sell it, pay whatever debts I have. You can do that shit right on your motherfucking yeah. phone. There's so many other And things. when you die, all you got to put it is living will and testament. Mm-hmm. When they play this motherfucker with your attorney plays that shit in front of the family, yep. that's what's going to go unless it's something, uh, some documentation somewhere else yeah. signed with an earlier date. I always go back to when my great grandmother passed away because most people don't know I was, you know, my family was adopted into her family. Yeah. And her family was like, oh, we're blood. All this other stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, she had her paperwork in place. Yeah. So whereas you thought you was gonna get something by default, it's not how that it's works. Not how that work. People don't understand that though. So. So that's all I got, man. So thank you guys for listening to the Reality Is podcast. We coming back. We got. We probably gonna do a couple episodes. I want to take next week off. Yes. I kind of. I next feel week like it's an off week anyway. Oh yeah. Oh, well, okay. You're weekend. making an appearance. Oh yeah, I will yes. be. Oh, I forgot about that. What What am I gonna be on? I don't have no notes to 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 whatever, and they talk to you. I know I'll be on a panel in the yeah, podcast you're next be Sunday. On a podcast. Uh, we're we're going over to Wolf Nation Studios. Wolf Nation Studios. That's where you'll be next Sunday. The the actual episode will be dropping on Valentine's Day, so we'll make another announcement closer to that time. They bringing me in to talk about love, y'all. It's you're the be, love doctor. Um, I ain't the love doctor, but I am a real motherfucker because I feel like a lot of people want these candy coated hearts and unicorns, and that's not love. No, you know, no. I heard. Uh, oh boy, what's the. Uh, the dude he's on black love doc uh right. the ellis guy yeah but everybody follows him on online but he was talking about sex and he was like a lot of people are basing their marriage and their relationships on sex mm-hmm. he was like you literally have to base that shit on somebody that you know is going to be there mm-hmm. when times get hard yeah so what are you going to do after you get off yeah, yeah. like you got a whole nother life that you yeah. got to live mm-hmm. now granted it's sex is a big part sex is the big part <laughs> so i agree with what he's saying but sex is that part too where I feel like if you got a lot of shit going on, it helps. It's a release, and I think it helps when this is the thing. Let me tell. You, let me let me let me just talk before we get out of here. Let me change my voice up real quick. Oh God. Let me talk directly to the women. If you gonna suck dick, if you gonna make love, do that shit because you want to do that shit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do that shit, act. Like you want to do that shit. If you want your man dick to be as big and as hard as it can ever act like you want that shit. If you fuck with a girl, like if you giving me head and she's like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," it's like, stop, stop, get up. But if you in that shit, when a girl is sucking your dick and she moaning on her own, why are you moaning when I'm hitting your throat? Girl, that's good shit. Keep it up. People like noises. Men, if you're getting a blowjob, make some noise. She's putting in work. That's effort. Make some noise and show that you appreciate that shit. Nice round of applause. You got to. We need to talk during sex. We need to communicate during sex. We need to communicate in a relationship. I told you this year I really want to start trying to drop gems. I want to drop gems. Like a lot of people come to me for podcast advice. Mm-hmm. I want to drop real life advice of my fuck ups. You know what I'm saying? One thing that I know that Arteza can attest to, bro, I'm nicer than I've ever been in my life right now. Mm-hmm. I apologize quickly. Yeah. I make sure you good. Mm-hmm. Like I've changed because I saw how hard I used to be. Bro, you ain't going to get far like that. Mm-mm. You can get far. Mm-hmm. But like my brother said on the last podcast, he was like, you know, a lot of people be like, you know, my mom used to tell us you're not an island. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother are islands. We try to do everything on our own. And even when we can't, you won't know we can't. We just we just keep on. But that gets tiring mm-hmm. to carry everything on your own in a relationship or in a friendship. So if you are one of those ignorant motherfuckers, men or women, man or woman, come on, man, drop your guard. If you want love to work, you got to drop your guard. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to be submissive. Somebody got to be willing to give. Somebody got to be willing to take. And for a extended period of time, some of you might be giving and some of you may not be getting nothing. And some of you may be taking and somebody may not be taking nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you want a long-term relationship to work or any relationship to work or friendship, communication is key. Mm-hmm. Real talking. 
and not just the, that that fluffy shit that makes you feel good. Not just saying, oh, this looks nice on you. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to, if I say that shit don't look nice. And he will say it. You got to be able to say, okay, that nigga would tell me if it looks nice. Mm-hmm. You got to be so intentional that when you say something, people understand that you're serious mm-hmm. and they know when you're playing. Because she knows. If I say, oh, you look nice. Like I told her, I said, I like them shoes. Because if I didn't like them shoes, I'm like, come on, man. Why see, you leave the house like that? Why you leave the house like that? <laughs> and she'd be like, what? Or I'll be like, hey, man, I see you wore them shoes seven days in a row. I need you to switch up a pair of shoes. I know. <laughs> but it's like you can tell people that. She'll tell me the same thing. Now, it was rare when she used to tell me something that she didn't like about me. So when she did tell me, I'd be like, God, I must have really fucked up today. <laughs> <laughs> I must have really fucked up today because she normally won't say shit. But that's all I got, man. First of all, I want to say Spider-Man is good. It's always good to have Spider in the studio. And mm-hmm. I told Artiz, I was like, I know in the new year we're trying to help work the shows and run the shows and become more one with the studio, but I told her I was like at least once a month we still gotta have Spider Man. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I uh so we can't be hearing Spider on all the other podcasts. No, we gotta be on ours. I, I told I told Ortiz, oh. I said now I said I don't know if other people are listening. I to even us. heard him chime in on Brandon's because I was listening to yeah. it before it goes out. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute now. But I told her I said you know what I said I like because I remember the first time that Spider started chiming in with us on the episode and I went back and I edited it and I was like. Yo, I said, I like this dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then I think a little bit after that, Artesia was like, I'm hearing them on every episode. Now I said, people must have liked that little breakup, you yeah. know, and whatever. So now they're doing it. But I think the reason I think about it, too, is people don't say it. But when you have other races and other voices like coming together, even on the microphone or on audio, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something different. It introduces a different perspective. And like I always say, people like to be like, oh, this is an all black show. No, it's not a black show. This is anybody's show who has the balls and the gall to get on it. So she's checking the clock. I know she got to get back to her phone calls and texts. No, 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 no. I think this and the All Guys episode are going to be like the longest episodes we've done in quite some time. Yeah, because we used to do we used to do two hour episodes straight. How the fuck did we even do that? I have no idea. I'm so glad we cut this shit down. We're gonna cut this bitch down now. Artesia, thanks for coming out as always. I'm gonna always thank you because, like I always say, you don't have to fucking be here. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure at some point, you know, a guy gonna take you away from the podcast. So we gonna just do as many as we can, but no, for real, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you and uh, listeners, man. This is episode two thirty three. Uh, with the way this light snow in Dallas is going, who knows? <laughs> who knows when the fuck this episode to get out? Because a hard breeze done blew us all down today. So, uh, listeners, two thirty three. We'll catch you on the next one, man. Y'all be blessed. Always remember the inhale curse to excel success. And uh, Jarvis, last name what? Water. He said that on uh, Twitter too. He's like always. He said encourage or something. Yeah, success. he was using. Yeah, he was trying to. Yeah, I said so. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Yeah. Shout out to you. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.